0: Welcome to the Church 214 Podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. All right, we're in a series called Whispers and Shouts. And um, I didn't get to be here last week because my son made it to the championship for his hockey team. And that's why he's looking so dapper today, because he's a successful hockey star now. Um, But it was so cool that God just totally redeemed that for Crosley, because the year before, his team made it to the championship. He'd never made it to the championship before. And it was their first time making it. And he woke up on Sunday morning with like 104 temperature and was sick as a dog. And he did not get to go to that championship game. And I just felt like the Lord said in that day, I just said, "Craz, I feel like the Lord's going to redeem this. And we're going to believe that he is. And so this year, his team not only made it to the championship, but they were undefeated all year long. So that was really cool. But I just feel like that's a word for somebody, that this is the year where you are going to be undefeated. That the enemy might try to come against you, but he doesn't get to seep in. That the Lord is for you, and he will be your defender. So, all right, Jesus, will you just um, continue to invade this space? Thank you for being here in worship. Thank you for the hearts of the people who are so willing to come and help prepare this space. Jesus, I thank you that you go before us. And I pray that right now your words would be precise and clear. And, Lord, that the truth would be simple and that people would experience you in these words. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, so whispers and shouts. The main focus is um, Matthew 10. And last week, Chris did an incredible job. He took us through the whole passage. I got to listen to it while I was working out this week, Chris, on, I think it was Wednesday when I text you. Um, fantastic message. I'm going to re-listen to it because there was so much truth there. And um, I would encourage you to go back on the podcast if you didn't get to be here and listen to it. It's just simply church214.org forward slash podcast, and it's the most recent message. So um, go back and listen. Um, but I just believe that what Matthew 10:27 says is what I say to you in the dark, repeat in broad daylight. And what you hear in a whisper, announce it publicly. So church, we must learn to hear the whispers of the Spirit of God, because I believe, and it's my experience, that he is always speaking, but in our society today, there's so much distraction and there's so much noise that we often miss it. We miss the whispers, and sometimes people will say, like, I feel like God's not speaking to me, and I would say that I don't think that he's stopped speaking. I think that we just simply cannot hear over the noise. We must learn to lean into those whispers, and um, it is our responsibility as Christ followers to, when he's spoken to us, to then release that sound into the atmosphere, and the reason we have to do that is because the the sound of God is is a sound wave, and it creates a ripple effect. We have no idea what that ripple effect is going to accomplish, so all we have to do is be obedient, listen to the word and then release those sounds and trust him with the word. Now, the feedback I'm hearing from you from last Sunday is very impactful. I know that you guys were all so radically touched by the spirit of God and what he was doing. And um, the coolest part about it, Heather said to me, she said, you should have felt the atmosphere here on Sunday morning. And I said, you know what, I could feel it in the podcast on Wednesday." So just know that the power of God, when he speaks, it affects not just Sunday, but the whole week going forward. And I just want to acknowledge for a moment that the spirit of God is moving so significantly on the earth right now. Um, we're experiencing it here at 214. I know there is revival breaking out in other parts of the country. Um, I want to just kind of give a shout out to Riverside Church. They last week launched a album that the Lord gave them just to release the sound of praise over this region. And I got to wear their sweatshirt yesterday, and I just had this thought. It's, um, Mallory, are you wearing it? You're wearing it, are you? Stand up, Mallory. Show off that baby bump. But it's happy to be here, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's happy to be here. And I thought, how significant. Like, we need to be the people of God that are so happy to be here And that we're willing to be the vessels that release his sound. Okay, I need your participation. I used to be a kids pastor, and so we would do really fun things to learn about God's word. So we're going to do something fun. I need you to turn and whisper. The key word is whisper to your neighbor, simply your first name. First name only. I should not hear any sound waves right now. And then I want your neighbor to turn and whisper to you their first name. Ready, go. Whispers only. Follow the rules, Phil. You're on sabbatical. You still have to follow the rule. Okay. Now turn to your neighbor and whisper your middle name, just your middle name, just to whisper, and have your neighbor whisper their middle name. You know what's next. Turn to your neighbor and whisper your last name, just your last name. Okay. Now just to make sure you listened and you can repeat it, now whisper your first, middle, and last name to your neighbor and have them repeat their first, middle, and last name to you. Here we go. Phil, your name is not that long. I don't know what you're whispering to Becca right now, but we are in church. Okay, on the count of three, if you have a good memory... I want you to shout your neighbor's first, middle, and last name. Are you ready? Okay. One, two, three. Wow. Mallory, if your baby was not already named, that was all of your baby ideas right there. All your, your name options right there in one shout. So this is not just a, a way to make sure you're awake today. This is an exercise to remind you what is the point of God's word today. And one of the primary points I want you to remember is that Jesus whispers to us, he builds on his word to confirm, and then he instructs us to shout the truth publicly. So I'll repeat Matthew 10, 27, what I say to you in the dark, repeat in broad daylight. And what you hear in a whisper, announce it publicly. See, so often Jesus will speak a word, and it's for us right now, personally, but he will also build on it later for someone else. And that's w- uh, it, that's why it's so important that we have to just be saying, Jesus, what are you saying right here, right now, moment by moment? Because he's always building on his words. So if you're a note taker, point one today would be Jesus is precise when he speaks. He is precise when he speaks. And I want to clarify We don't always fully understand the meaning right away. Doesn't mean that he's confusing. We just don't always understand the full extent of the word. And Chris pointed this out last Sunday so beautiful that the scripture is so full of tension, where you read one thing and then you read the next, and you're like, Mal, there's a lot of tension there. How do I reconcile this? Um, I want to point out that it's important that when we hear a word from the Lord and it's so precise— Um, we understand that while we may not know the full word, it's never confusing. Does that make sense? Okay, so a word from the Lord is precise, but it's not confusing. And so if someone were to try and say to you, like, I have a word from God for you, and it's filled with confusion, be aware, it may not be a word from the Lord, you know, because the enemy also speaks words too. And he, he masquerades as the father of light. So he tries to pretend and, and follow in the footsteps of how God works, but he's just off. He's twisted the truth. So be very aware. First Thessalonians 5.19, it says, Do not stifle the Holy Spirit and do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good and stay away from every kind of evil. Notice it. It says test everything that is said and hold on to what is good. We hold on to the words that Jesus gives us. So this instruction in scripture, it's critical because in society today, right now, the enemy is trying so hard to change the message of truth. And I'm sure that you've experienced it. And so I would just warn you, don't fall into the trap. Be in the word of God. If, if you find that you've gotten bored about the word of God, I would challenge you to just pick it up and start reading and trust that the Spirit of God will take it from um, an act of obedience to a desire as you do it regularly, okay? So be in the Word. Now, I've personally experienced many whispers from Jesus on many occasions, and um, some of those instructions have been life-altering. Like I heard a whisper when I was 20 years old that I would marry the man that I was getting ready to meet on a coffee date. And I was like, oh boy, I don't even know what this guy looks like. And it ended up being the man I've been married to for almost 19 years. So that was one of the most profound times that I'd heard the voice of God. And then there's been many other times where the Lord has confirmed how he has spoken. But I want to give you a personal example that happened just recently, not 19 years ago, recently, so that you can next time understand that a whisper from the Father might have very significant meaning for you or for someone around you. Um. For me personally, God often will speak through numbers. Um, very often he will speak through literal signs, like an actual sign on the road or a sign on a building. And um, two Sundays ago, we were doing Breakthrough Here, which is when the band is running through all of the songs. And I felt Jesus just prompt me. He just said, open your Bible and read. And I had time before I needed to come on stage. So I thought, okay, yeah, that I have time for your word, God. And... Um, So I just opened my Bible, and I seemingly randomly started to read, and I didn't even notice where I was in the Bible. I just read, and I realized I was like, oh, this is direct encouragement for the people in the room right now, and so when I got on stage, I read these words, how the king rejoices in your strength, O Lord. He shouts with joy because you have given him victory, for you have given him his heart's desire, and you have withheld nothing that he requested." You welcomed him back with success and prosperity. You placed a crown of finest gold on his head. And so I shared that. And then after breakthrough, I was praying and I said, Jesus, are those the words you want to share in the service when I go on stage? And he was very precise when he said no. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I will listen for the next set of instructions for service then because that was the word for breakthrough. There's got to be a word for service. And he showed me very clearly then what the word for service was, and it was a different word. Two days later, I'm sitting here in Peoria, um, in a neighborhood, waiting on my son Wilder during his drum lesson. Now, to be clear, Wilder is also AKA Bubs or Bubby or the Bubs, as we all call him. We did not adopt a third son. Um, if you don't, uh, you're not familiar with Wilder. His name is. Bubs, to many of you. Um, so I'm sitting there waiting on Bubs at his drum lesson, and I was preparing to preach the next day at Collective. And so I was just praying, and it was a 30-minute lesson. And all of a sudden, I realized, like, oh my goodness, there's only three minutes left before his lesson is over. That flew by, and I noticed how very dark the neighborhood was that particular night. And it was almost eight o'clock at night, and I thought, man this neighborhood is so dark at night. I've never really noticed this. And so because I know my son so well, I knew that he wasn't going to want to walk down the somewhat long driveway along the sidewalk to get into my truck in the dark. So I thought, well, I'll just pull up the driveway so that he can get into the truck with the light from the house. And so I pull up the driveway and as soon as I get up the driveway, I noticed a sign on the house that I've never noticed before, though I don't think they just installed it. Um, And I've been in that driveway many times for other lessons before. But I noticed the home address was 2103, an actual sign. And I heard the Spirit say Psalm 21.3. And so I flip open my Bible to Psalm 21.3. And it says, you welcome him back with success and prosperity, and you place a crown of finest gold on his head. And I thought, man, I wonder why this verse is so familiar. I I read through the Bible chronologically this last year. I don't think that I would remember a single verse standing out. And then it clicked, like, God, is this the passage from Sunday? And I looked back at my Bible, and I realized, oh, that's the passage he had me randomly read on Sunday. And he said, precisely. And then I had this little thought that if I hadn't learned to listen to the whispers of the Holy Spirit, I would have maybe mistaken it as just my own good idea. But I knew that it was the frequency that the Spirit whispers to me in. And so he said, this is a word for this family right now. Share it with Daryl. And I was like, okay. So right then, just after 8 o'clock, the door opens and Wilder comes out from his drum lesson and Daryl follows behind him. Now I want you to pause, hear this clearly. We can trust the father with every single detail. Parents, you can trust your children with Jesus. Okay, so I had specifically positioned myself to prevent fear for my son, but God had already lined up a teammate in the ring of life to walk him to my vehicle, okay? It might feel insignificant to you, but I'm his mom and I know him well and I did not want to create a spirit of fear around something that he loves which is a drum lesson which is why I pulled up the driveway and then God showed me a sign and spoke to me for Daryl. So Daryl's walking out with him and he fills me in on how the drum lesson has gone and I um, I then said hey Daryl I think the Lord gave me a word for you. I'd like to share it and then you can just test it and, and see if it's for you or not. And he was like okay. So I, I shared the word and I, I told him about the week before about breakthrough and the, the, the biblical wording and the text. And then I told him about driving up his driveway and that sign 2103. And we had this little short chat. Like it was less than two minutes, I think. And um, then he left and went inside and I left. And it was literally no big deal. Right, Daryl? Is Daryl in here? Okay, Daryl's not in here. He's probably security right now. Um, really no big deal. Not emotional, not dramatic. There, nothing was out of the ordinary of just a normal conversation. And as I'm driving home, I remember this thought. I was like, you know what? God always speaks through numbers to me. I should look up the date of what, what was the date on Sunday when the word first came in, right? And so at a red light, I pull up my calendar app and I notice not the day from Sunday, but the day from that day. It was February 21st that Tuesday night. It was February 21st. And I thought, oh, interesting, the 21st, Psalm 21. And then I noticed that not only was it the 21st, but it was the third Tuesday of that month. And it was the third day of the week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, three, Psalm 21, three. And what I believe the Lord was doing was he was using the date to confirm to me that the word was on time at the right time, okay? Okay. Jesus speaks with precision, and he will confirm it. You just have to be looking for his confirmation. See, when we listen to his whispers, we have to trust that what he says is true. Because I could have easily just been like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't really want to share this word tonight. I'm very tired. It's 8 o'clock at night. We just had a hockey game. I really want to go home. But I knew the word was from the Lord, and so I had to be obedient. Now, later that evening, I ended up texting Daryl and his wife, Sarah, and I wanted to tell them about the date, because when I talked to Daryl, I hadn't realized the significance of the date. So I was like, hey, this is kind of odd. And one of the things Daryl texts back was confirmation that the word was accurate. He said, this is a good word, and it speaks to the theme that God has been sharing with me over and over again. Catch that. God always builds on his words over and over again. Daryl says, his word to me and over our family is that we will not need anything this year. This thought of not needing to strive because God will satisfy all of our needs. He is bringing us in. He is placing that crown on our heads. There is nothing we will need. Thank you for sharing. Now you need to know, I don't know Daryl overly well. Um, I would not classify Daryl as an oversharer. He's, you know... You know, like some people you run into and you leave and you're like, I feel like I know their whole medical history and that was so awkward. That's not Daryl, at least in my experience with Daryl. Like he's kind of a quiet guy, you know, just kind of non-assuming and he's like a teddy bear that doesn't say a whole lot. (laughs) Really great guy. But I think that's part of the thing that makes it significant is that sometimes a whisper from the Holy Spirit or a a prophecy, it can make so much more impact if the individual that God uses to speak it to you has no knowledge into your personal life, right? So we have to be aware that sometimes God's going to give us a word for somebody that feels like, wow, that feels random, but he's never random with how he whispers. So Jesus had whispered to me a word on Sunday. He built on the word Tuesday for someone else. He'd already been speaking that word to Daryl, which confirmed to Daryl what the Lord was promising to him and his family this year. And then he was able to confirm it through literal signs, on houses, on a calendar. This is how I find that Jesus speaks to me, and it might be different for you. But I want to share this because I want you to recognize how he speaks to you. So whispers from Jesus They hold many purposes for right now on a personal level. Again, later for others as he builds on what he has spoken and to unify the bride of Christ. Because even though I don't know Daryl on a super personal level, it brought a unity to what God was speaking and saying to his church body. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if we listen for the whispers, we will be able to shout the truth When needed. Let's bookend this point. Jesus speaks with precision. The second point, this is very personal to me right now, is stay in the fight. Now, when this series idea was pitched many months ago, I noticed immediately in Matthew 10 was going to be the passage, but I noticed verse 26 where it said, but don't be afraid of those who threaten you. And last week, the Holy Spirit whispered to me. He just said, stay in the fight. Don't be afraid of those who threaten you. And I knew immediately it was an instruction for me right then on a personal level. And maybe it is for you today, too. Maybe someone needs to hear today, hey, stay in the fight. God is for you. You know, you might think, like, really? Like, you're a Midwestern girl. You have a lot of threats coming your way. You might be surprised. See, the enemy will use anything and anyone to make you believe the fight is not worthwhile. So right when God spoke that word to me, stay in the fight, he showed me a vision. Now, a vision, if you're not familiar, is like either what feels like a short video clip, or it could feel like a dream, or it could feel like a picture that God just all of a sudden drops into your spirit, something that's not on your radar and all of a sudden, he dropped this vision, and it was a boxing ring. Now, I've never been a professional boxer. That might shock you. Um, I think it makes zero sense to be a professional boxer. I, I don't know why people do this sport, but they do. And there were, I was a professional boxer, and there were voices all around me in the stands. And some were for me, and some were against me. But all of the voices were loud. But the interesting thing is that I was not in the center of the ring fighting an opponent. I was actually retreated to the corner receiving instruction from my trainer. But the trainer was Jesus. And I was sweaty and bruised, but I was not defeated. The rounds were still coming. And Jesus was placing a towel of refreshment on my head as the sweat dripped off Of my forehead. And then he began to place ointments on my wounds. And then he took my face and he pulled me close. And he spoke words of strength and victory and power over me. And he said, Stay in the fight. Church, we are in a fight right now. The enemy thinks. He is winning, and I assure you, he is not. You see, for me personally, I have felt like the rounds keep coming and coming and coming, and even this week, I have felt pure exhaustion. But no matter what punches the enemy throws or how he tries to take me out, I know one thing is true. Jesus won, so I win. That's a word for you. Jesus already won, and so you win. I don't care. You can come up and tell me the worst thing that's happened to you this week, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to pull your face in, and I'm going to say to you, stay in the fight, because Jesus already won, and so you win. I think that when we're feeling like the rounds keep coming, we're feeling like we are in the boxing ring, even when we don't want to be, and the enemy is just trying to slap us crazy, we need to pull in our closest people. Like this is why community is important. We pull in our closest people and we say like, hey, I feel really beat up. I feel really tired. I feel really weary. Because what happens is it's like we're going to our corner to receive wisdom and instruction for the next round, to receive energy and power. So last week I, I went to my husband one one day and I just said I am really tired. I'm really weary of the battle. I feel really beat up. I'm tired of, I'm tired of the attacks. I'm tired of targeted words against me. I'm tired of people lying about me. I'm just really weary. And I just need you to know this. And um we had a short conversation and I just I said I just feel like I need backup. And So that night, before we prayed over our kids for bed, my husband just said, hey, kids, come on. We're going to pray over mom. We're going to anoint her with oil. Now, you need to know, like, Kip is an awesome man of God. He's not the first one on the team to be like, we should anoint you with oil. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah. So it's not like we do this on a routine basis. I, I don't know that. I don't. This might be the first time in nineteen years of marriage that he's anointed me with oil, and so I was like, "Oh, okay," um, but it was so significant. So they they gather around me and they place their precious little hands on my head, and they start. Kip anoints me with oil, and he starts to pray. Or Crosley opens. He prays over me. He prays a really powerful prayer, and then Kip prays over me. And I realized in that moment the Lord was showing me the picture of the boxing ring. And he was using my family as my instructors, as my trainers, as the person refreshing me and anointing my wounds. And he was, they were reviving me for the next round. They were helping me stay in the fight for the next round. See, Jesus was working through my family. And I want you to hear this. So often a face-to-face encounter with Jesus looks exactly like your loved ones. It looks exactly like your spouse. It looks exactly like your children or your close friends, the people of God. We reflect the Savior, and we get to be that to one another. Let your people in. Stay in the fight. Jesus is for you. Number three, Jesus confirms his words, and we already touched on this, but Jesus confirms his words. So Tuesday evening, I was making dinner, and I had already done the, the majority of the message prep for this week, and um, I had this thought. I was like, oh shoot, you know, I didn't get to be there Sunday, and I didn't, I haven't heard Chris's message yet. The podcast hadn't posted yet, and so I was like, man, I really hope that I'm not, like, doubling up too much on what he preached since I didn't get to be here. And um, I thought, you know, God, will you just confirm to me where you want to go next to kind of wrap up this message and what you want to say next? And I heard very clearly in my spirit, the enemy lies are loud attempting to drown out the whispers of Jesus. Hear the whispers of truth over the loud lies. And I was making dinner, but I thought, oh, man, that's profound. So I went directly to my Mac, and I wrote it down precisely as I heard it so that the next morning when I was message prepping, I would have an accurate word of what he had said. So Wednesday morning, which was March 1st, which apparently is the same day that one of our students met Jesus that night, it was just so cool, I go to my email, and I open up my email. And I have an email but not from, it was from my brother, Than, Than Bennett. And, but it wasn't personal. It wasn't just to me. It was an email subscription that I am a part of, and I get it every single week. And I want to show you the email. Um, so the main line is that lies are loud and truth is simple. And I just thought how interesting that God used an actual email to confirm to me what he said the night before. Get this. The enemy lies are loud. That was the first line he spoke to me. And then he used Than's email on the very next morning, March 1st, to confirm what he was saying. Now, it's interesting to note that at one point, March was the first day of the calendar year, the first month. And March was a call to return to war, return to battle. And I thought, man, God, you are so good. On March 1st, you're reminding me, you're confirming your word. You are showing me that what you've said is what you're actually doing through sources that could feel very random, like an email subscription. Now, to give you a little context, um, you know, I just felt like, yeah, Jesus, I you know, have you ever said, like, I wish Jesus would just send me a text or an email? what he wants me to do. Like I felt like Jesus sent me an email. It was so cool. But before I want to move on, I want to give you this practical tool because um, I believe that God is using Than and his wife in the Washington, D.C. area to bring a fresh wave of what he wants to do among his church, and I want to tell you about that. Because if you know me well, or even if you don't know me that well, you might know that I'm not like a super huge nerd buff. In fact, I'm not a news buff at all. Um, my husband will fill me in every now and then. he would be like, do you know what's going on in the world? I'm like, please tell me. Because I just am not a, I'm not a news person. Um, and I'm not a big political person either. Now, I, I vote. I support what I feel God's called me to do. I speak out if he tells me to speak out. But I'm not your news political buff at all, nor am I a boxer. So all of these things felt odd for the Lord to have me speak about. But nonetheless, Than has been serving on Capitol Hill for the last like two decades. And part of his job there has to, been to be a liaison between fighting for Christian rights and freedoms in law and then going to Congress to fight for those laws to be implemented or to be remaining as part of our, 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 the core of our nation. And so he's been doing that for a very long time, and recently he felt this shift in his spirit that that was coming to an end, that job, and that his, the Lord had a new assignment for him, so he switched careers. And he and his wife have now launched a nonprofit mission, which their goal is to see every single foster child in America placed into a family home that will adopt them, every single one, not just the babies, the young children. The older children, the 17-year-olds that nobody has wanted, that is their mission, is to place every foster child in a family through the local churches. That is an incredible mission. This is not a plug for THAN. This is a plug for what God is doing in that region. And the team and I haven't even gotten to talk about this. I haven't mentioned this to anybody. God's probably mentioned it to you, but... um, I think that our church is going to get the opportunity to partner with them to see funding given towards that mission, to see foster families opening up their doors for children who may not otherwise have a family, to see adoptions taking place through the family of Church 214 based on what they're doing in Washington, D.C. So that's just like a little hint of what God might have coming. I don't know for sure. We'll ask him to confirm that. But – um. This email that Than sent me is what he's calling the equipped, and he's, he's using his knowledge of being on Capitol Hill and in policy and politics to help equip the men and women of Jesus to know what's going on in the world, what's going on in the U.S., and furthermore, what is our biblical perspective based on what is happening. Now, for me, because I'm not a political buff or a news buff, this has been so, so helpful And I love to give you practical tools. So I'm going to show you a QR code. If you want to sign up for that newsletter, it's free. You can hit that QR code. And it's so cool. Once a week, it'll hit your inbox, and it'll just give you a brief clip of what God is doing um, or what's happening in the nation and in the world and what our biblical perspective should be on how God is moving. Um, David Little, I talked about sound already. David has been a sound guru since I met him when he was like 11 years old. He uh, partnered with my sister, Heather, when she was the kids pastor at Riverside Church. He was a baby, basically. He was 11 years old or 10. David, were you 10 or 11? Let's be precise here. He was little. And he would come in and he would set up our sound system for kids church. Now, our budget was small, and we, I think, were the last priority for all funding. And so we had not a face mic, not a handheld. We had a wired mic for Kids Church. And so you could only go a certain amount of space from the sound booth, where it was plugged in, to the stage. But David would show up every single week, and he would set up all of the sound equipment. And he would tell me the most random things about sound. Like I remember him telling me one time that, um, do you know that a whisper is about 30 decibels? And I was like, no, I did not. But thank you for telling me that. And I looked it up, and sure enough, he's right. A whisper is about 30 decibels, while a normal voice level is between like 60 to 70 decibels. Now, does anyone here know a really loud talker? where like they're trying to use their normal voice and it's not a normal voice. It's a very loud talker voice. That would be between about like 75 and 85 decibels. That's a very loud voice. While a shouting voice, it is said to be above 85 decibels. 85 decibels. That's an uncomfortable level if you're standing right next to them. But this past year... The Spirit of God has been whispering a set of instructions to me that I am confident was not at a whispering decibel level. It was not 30 dB. It was like 90 dB, like he may as well have just been shouting. And he's done it over and over and over. And it was simply the instruction, do not defend yourself. And again, and again, and again, he has said it. Again, not a whisper, more like a shout. Do not defend yourself. And I know this can sound contradictory to the point of stay in the fight, right? Wait, Jesus, stay in the fight and don't defend myself? Please clarify. So let me be specific and clear. This is not contradictory. This is the tension that Christ calls us to. So I'm not saying that if you get jumped in a dark alley, you should stand there and take it. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying don't defend yourself in that physical sense. In fact, my husband and my good friend Todd, they're the security directors here at Church 214. Really nice guys. Really peaceful guys. Fairly quiet, laid back guys. I assure you. If physical danger stepped into this building, they would be the first to defend you. The very nice, quiet, calm Kip and Todd, you'd be like, wow, where have they been? But see, you don't know that you need a defense until you need a defense, right? So their team is prepared. They're they're ready to be able to defend you physically if that were necessary. So I'm not talking about in the physical sense. If you get jumped in an alley, fight back. Call on the name of Jesus. That works really well. I'm talking about in the sense of the spirit realm. Like when the enemy is shouting lies about you, you can say to him, get behind me, Satan. I know the truth. And you can move forward. Like you can correct him. But what I'm saying specifically is when he's using people who the lies feel very personal and your human instinct is to go and defend yourself and be like, oh, well, do you know this part of the story? Oh, did did you hear this side? Oh, you've not heard my side? Let me fill you in. Right? We tend to have a plethora of words when we need to defend our position or our character. But I just heard Jesus say, and I believe it's for you today, too, do not defend yourself. See, when the enemy is beating you up in the ring, he's going to be shouting lies about you. But Jesus is in your corner, and he is getting ready to launch a defense for you. So stay in the fight. Don't worry about how he's going to handle it. Trust him. Jesus said in John fifteen eighteen, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. You know, we are called to follow Jesus. He doesn't say follow me until it gets hard and then you can have a seat while I fight the battle. Like we're called to follow him into battle. We're called to follow him into the fight. But we let Jesus defend us when the lies are loud. Jesus shows us that um, even he didn't defend himself. So he's standing before Pilate, And the the mob is shouting lies about him, wanting him crucified. And even Jesus did not defend himself. The scripture said that he was silent against the accusations. But he let his father defend him. And the plan worked really well when he conquered death, when he rose from the grave, when he showed that the enemy had been defeated, right? So we can let the Father defend us. Matthew 10, 16 through 20 says, Be on your guard, for those, there will be those who will betray you before their religious counsels and brutally beat you with whips in public gatherings. And because you follow me, they will take you to stand trial in front of unbelievers." So when they arrest you, do not worry about how to speak or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will give you at the very moment the words to speak. It will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Friends, we cannot afford to let the lies of the enemy seep into our inner man. We have got to be leaning on the Word of God and believing that his promises are true. One of the ways we do this is um, in Ephesians 6, God shows us the full armor from him, which leads me to believe that he expects us to be in the fight if he's given us armor. Ephesians 6.10 says a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. That is for you. After this battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground. Put on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So friends, just as our security team, Kip, Todd, their their team members are prepared in the physical realm to defend and to fight we must prepare in the spiritual realm. We cannot expect to ignore the instructions of scripture like in Ephesians and be ready when the battle comes our way. Our rhythm has to be, Jesus, you said, put on the armor. So I'm gonna put on the armor day after day after day so that we're ready for round after round after round. Some of you feel like you've been in the battle, in the boxing ring. And you feel like the enemy is taking you round after round after round, and you are so weary. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to just simply stand where you're at. You don't have to come forward. Don't be shy. If I wasn't already standing, I would be the first one on my feet standing. Because the enemy has been trying to beat me up. And yet, the Spirit of God says, I am going to remove discouragement from you today. So for those of you that don't need to stand, that's okay. But what I want you to do, if you believe in Jesus, if Jesus is your Savior, you have a relationship with Him, and you believe in the power of prayer, I want you to get up, and I want you to go surround these individuals who are on their feet, standing. I do not want anyone left on their own. So look around. Does everybody have somebody? If you do not have someone putting your hand, their hands on you, raise your hand right now. It's hard for me to tell now. Does everybody have someone? Thank you, David. We're gonna pray for strength and encouragement for you to stay in the fight. Those of you standing, the people gathered around you right now are the faces of Jesus to you. They are in your corner giving you instruction saying, Stay in the fight. Do not let the enemy intimidate you. Do, you have no need to defend yourself because the army of God is defending you. The Father fights for you, and he will use his people to refresh you, to strengthen you, to help you put your armor on if necessary, and then the Spirit of God will fight for you. He will defend you. Do you know that perseverance is a gift from the Holy Spirit? And the thing you have over the enemy... Is that he does not have access to the gifts of the Spirit, but you do as children of God. And so that gift of perseverance to stay in the ring, to stay in the fight, is yours. And because the enemy cannot have the gift of perseverance, he is going to have to give up eventually. And because you have that gift, you win. Jesus wins. So do not defend yourself. Let the Spirit of God defend you. Persevere. Stay in the fight. Holy Spirit, you are so faithful to whisper your truth. Will you embolden us, oh God, embolden these people to be willing to hear your whispers right now. I believe that the Spirit of God is coming to every single one of you that stood And right now you might be sensing just like this thought that feels like your own idea, but it's profound. And it's like settling on your soul and like marking you as if you're being tattooed. And he's whispering instructions to you. And I don't know what he's saying to you, but I know that his words are good and they are true. And if it is anything other than encouragement, cast it out and say no. I know the enemy lies are loud and I will not listen to them. I will not partner with them. I will listen for the thoughts of my father from the throne room of heaven coming down to earth to give me perseverance, to give me an energy and a willingness to stay in the fight. Jesus, thank you so much that you can accomplish 10,000 things. You can speak a word that was thousands of years ago. You can speak it again on a Sunday morning here in 2023 and it can have a ripple effect to Tuesday. It can have a ripple effect to Thursday. It can ripple back into Sunday and God, it can go out farther than we can even imagine. I pray right now that the words you're whispering to your people would be words that are life-giving to them and that they believe them to be true. I pray, God, that you would accomplish every work that each individual stood for today by your power, by your authority. Thank you, oh Jesus, for what you're accomplishing in this nation. Thank you that your spirit is not being subtle to seep into every single part of this atmosphere to show us how you are moving, how you are working. Father, will you continue to tune our ears to your whisper so that we hear you? We interpret you correctly, and we trust you to confirm your words. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.